10, verses 12 and 13. So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you will, are able to bear it. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today, and I thank you for your good word. And God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross today. God, that your Holy Spirit would work through me. God, that you would take away fear and pride that's in my heart this morning, God. And that you would help me to preach and teach your, way, your word in a way, God, that brings glory and honor to you. God, I pray that you free us from the distractions and the worries, even the good things of this world, dear Lord, that may compete for our attention today. And God, I pray that we would find you. I pray that we would seek you this morning, dear Lord. We will find you if we seek you. So, dear Lord, I pray that we would be those who seek you today. God, I pray that when I open my mouth that it is your Holy Spirit that speaks through me and to each one of us, God. That your word would have an impact on our life today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was thinking a couple of weeks ago about a statistic that I had heard some time ago. And uh, it involved involves sharks you have heard such statistics before that you know oftentimes we we think of shark attacks we think of things like that we think about oh better be careful don't want to go into the ocean but the reality is is that on average there are only six deaths by shark attack per year but yet for many people they are greatly afraid of sharks so much so that they say i'm not going to get into the ocean and that that made me think, well, wait a minute. What are things that may be more likely to kill us than a shark? Perhaps things that are around us all the time that we fail to notice. So I spent too much time this week looking at statistics on odds of dying by certain things. But the point is this. You're unlikely to die by a shark attack. But did you know that over 25,000 people on average are killed by dogs? That's pretty phenomenal, right? That's pretty phenomenal. But yet, but yet you have people who, who say, I'm not going in the ocean, but yet they live in a house full of dogs and they're around dogs all the time without a bit of fear. When in reality, the thing that is most dangerous to them is not the thing that appears the most dangerous to them. Perhaps for some, it's a fear of flying. I ain't getting on no airplane. Them things crash. I ain't getting, no way, I'll drive. I'll drive everywhere I'm going to go. I'm not getting in a plane, I'll die in that thing. But did you know that on average, less than 300 people a year die from a plane crash? And there are hundreds of thousands of people a year that are killed in automobile accidents. But yet there's something in our mind, there are some things to us that seem so big and so dangerous that if we stay away from these things, we're going to be safe. But the reality is that many of the things around us are far more dangerous to us than the things that perhaps we are 
most careful or worried about. Did you know that on average, just here in the United States, that 22 people a year are killed by cows? Over three times as many people are killed by cows than sharks, but yet some people say, I ain't going to the ocean, but yet they're around their cows all day, every day. And as I thought about those types of statistics, the thing that popped into my mind was this, beware of the cows. Now, what's the application to that for us today? Well, as I thought about those statistics, I thought perhaps, perhaps there is some application there for our lives and the temptations in which we face and give into. You see, perhaps there are sins in this world that you have considered to be the worst of the worst of the worst, and you stay away from those things. You stay out of the water, so to speak. You've said, well, this sin is really bad. This sin is really difficult, and we say, well, I'm not going to be tempted by that, and I'm not tempted by that, and I'm going to avoid that and praise the Lord. That's good. Whatever sin that we have determined to be bad, and they all are, by the way, that we have said, I'm going to stay away from that sin, that's a good thing. But those really aren't the ones that we have to worry about. Because there are some things that may be placed before you that would not tempt you in the least. Now, perhaps all things, should we be around them for long enough, may eventually become a temptation. But there are some things for me that if they are before me that are tempting to me, and there are some things to you that if they are before you are tempting to you, but perhaps I'm not tempted by what you are tempted by. For me, I could take a bottle of liquor and it could sit in my cabinet probably every day from now to the day I die, and that does not tempt me in the least. But perhaps for some of you, it would be deadly for such a thing to occur. So you separate yourself from that type of thing. Whatever it may be, that's simply one example of many. Perhaps for some of you, you could say, well, I could go sit at a casino all day and I would not be tempted in the least to pull the arm of that machine or push the button or whatever they are, I don't know. But for others, perhaps that's your temptation. And in a room this size, there are no doubt many temptations that we face. Perhaps for some, it's pride. Perhaps for some, it's gossip. Perhaps it's worry. You say, well, that's not a sin, is it? Well, perhaps it is. After all, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. So I suppose if Jesus tells us not to do something and we do it, that seems as though it's a sin. Perhaps that's our temptation is worry and depression and anxiety. Perhaps your temptation is a million different things. There are, of course, plenty of things that all of us are tempted by today. But here's the thing that we must be aware of when we speak of temptation. We need to know this, and that is temptation is hard. Whatever your temptation is, it is really hard for you. Now remember this. Think about this and remember this. Whatever somebody else's temptation is, it's really hard for them. Sometimes I think that there's a disconnect, perhaps for us, with our temptations and other people's temptations. It's because 
There are things that, 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 that we are not tempted by, that we are able to say no to with no problem, with no issue, with no difficulty. And we see other people who struggle with those things, and we say, well, I don't know why they can't just quit. I don't know why they don't just stop drinking. I don't know why they don't just stop lying. Well, why don't you stop doing what you're tempted by? Why don't you just stop being angry? Why don't you just stop gossiping? What's the thing that you struggle with the most that you are having the hardest time, that you are tempted by it, and you know it's wrong, and time and time again you give in to it? Whatever that temptation is for you, that's the struggle somebody else is having with their temptation. It might not be the same as yours. It might be totally different than yours. And you can't understand for the life of you why somebody could be tempted by that. But you know what? They are tempted just the same as you. And here's another thing for us to consider. You don't get to choose what your temptation is. Not a single one of us in here has chosen, I want to be proud. We don't choose what our temptation is. It's our weakness. That's the thing that attacks us. That's the thing that we know. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't act this way. I shouldn't do this thing. But it is a struggle, and we don't get to choose our temptations. Maybe today you sit here and you say, I battle, I get so angry and mad, and I want to punch people in the face all the time. Well, you probably didn't choose that. But that's just perhaps who you are and what you were born with. Now, I'm not implying that God is cursing us with our temptations. I believe that sin is part of that curse. And I believe that sin results in the sinful things that pop up in our life. And I believe that sin is the cause of the temptations that we are tempted by. But we don't get to choose those temptations. So perhaps you sit in this room today and you say to yourself, I don't know how a man could be tempted to be attracted to another man. But perhaps you are tempted by something yourself. Perhaps you are tempted by anger or pride. Perhaps you are tempted by a variety of things. So for some, the struggle is one thing, and for some, the struggle is something else. But all of these things are sin. It's not that one is better than another or one is worse than another, but we all have our temptations. And so perhaps sometimes we think, if I just stay away from this one thing, then I'm going to be okay. But perhaps the thing we're staying away from is like the shark. Perhaps it's not the most deadly thing to us. Perhaps the thing that's the deadliest to us is the thing that we are around every day. So beware of the cows in your life. Beware of the temptation that you struggle with, that you fight with, and know that everybody around you is struggling with theirs just as you are struggling with yours. And so when you say to somebody, I don't know why they just can't get over what they're going through, then remember yourself, why can't you get over what you're going through? Because I can assure you that you are struggling too. We all do it. So Paul says in this passage, So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. Let us not be so proud to think that we have our list of temptations, the big ones, the bad ones. Oh, I'm not, I don't do any of those things, so I'm okay. Well, be careful, the little one may get you. Maybe something as little as gossip. Well, certainly that's not as bad as some of the other sins, but maybe that's the one that gets you. 
Maybe you hear something somebody tells you today, some juicy something on the street, and you just cannot wait to get home and get on the phone and tell everybody. But there's something inside of you that knows I probably shouldn't repeat that. That's probably, that's probably bordering on the line of gossip, but golly, I gotta tell somebody. And we just cannot wait to get it out. Maybe that's your struggle today. So don't think that you're better than somebody else because your struggle is just gossip. And their struggle is something much worse, at least in your mind. You see, our temptation is our sin. And sin is sin, and sin is evil, regardless of how you classify it as big or small. So be careful, Paul says. Whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. Beware of the cows. They're all around you. You're aware of them every day, and you're probably not afraid of them. But they may be more likely to get you than the things that you are on the lookout for. And then he says in verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. That is, we all sin. Every sin that there is in this world today has been in this world since the creation of this world. So we're all in the same boat. We all have temptation. We don't all have the same temptation. But we all have temptation of some sort. But what does it say? God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Well, praise the Lord. This is good news because our temptations, they come at us heavy. I mean, that thing that you struggle with, whatever it is, you know it. You know when it starts to come on. You know when you start to experience. You know, okay, this is something I shouldn't do, but I really want to do it. Okay, that's the temptation, right? But we can, this is important, we can, by the power of God, overcome that. We do not have to give in to it. Now, if we're honest, sometimes we may say, but I like to give in to it. Well, pray that God would help you not to like to give in to it. But that's the thing with our temptations. Oftentimes, what we are tempted by is something that we like, that brings us some satisfaction. Like when we get that gossip and we call, boy, it makes us feel good. I just told somebody the news. I've just spread something. You know, it makes us feel good when we have that drink or when we uh, commit that, 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 that act with another man or woman that we shouldn't be doing or we look at something we shouldn't be looking at. Whatever it may be, oftentimes our temptations make us, make us feel good. When somebody does something and we just lash out in them in anger and tell them what's what, it makes us feel good. And so there's a part of us, if we are honest, that probably likes our temptation. But we shouldn't like our temptation because those are sin in our life. So praise the Lord that we don't have to say yes every time. That every time that temptation to sin comes into your mind, you don't have to say yes. But what does the scripture say? That he will not, God, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. That's what some of us, hopefully all of us, want today, right? Is a way of escape. Because even though sometimes we may enjoy our temptation, chances are that you probably hate it as well. Chances are that you see that temptation, you feel that temptation, and you don't want to feel it. And there's a part of you that likes it, and there's a part of you that hates it, and that's the battle of the flesh and the battle of the spirit. 
That once we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we desire the things of God, we know the Word of God, the Holy Spirit indwells in us, but man, those temptations of the world and the flesh are there, and now there's a battle taking place. Because apart from God, apart from Jesus Christ, if you're in this room today, you probably don't care about your temptations, and you are probably glad to give in to them. But once we begin to read the Word of God and put our faith in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit begins to work, we no longer can have the same joy that we had in our temptation. And now there's a battle that's raging on. I'm tempted to do this thing that I know is wrong, and I struggle with it, and I battle with it, and I give in, but I don't want to give in. God, what a wretched man am I? What am I going to do? And God says, I will provide you a way of escape. There's no temptation that you face that is not common to humanity. But when the temptation comes, God says, I will give you a way of escape. Praise the Lord, some of us say. What is the way of escape? Well, perhaps the first way of escape is when that temptation comes. Now understand this. The temptation is not the sin. You can be tempted and not sin. Temptation is not sin. It is when you give in to temptation that it becomes sin. So perhaps there's something you struggle with, and you are tempted to give in to that, whatever it may be. Well, perhaps the way of escape is as soon as you feel that conviction, head for the hills. As soon as you feel that conviction... To pick up the phone and spread that gossip. If you are a gossiper, you're saying, man, he is preaching to me. I'm just using a random example. I could have picked a variety of sins, so maybe God's speaking to you. I don't know. But, but if that temptation is to pick up the phone, then hide the phone. If you start feeling that, turn the phone off. Get out the house. Walk in the yard, whatever it may be. Perhaps the way of escape is simply that, to escape, to get away from the, from the situation. If you, if, you, if you stop into a restaurant and you're eating a meal and you, you have a problem with, with drinking alcohol and it gets a hold of you and you're saying, man, maybe I could just have one drink after this meal, maybe your way of escape is to get up and leave the restaurant. Perhaps you're looking for a way of escape and the way of escape is as obvious as it can be and that is get away from the situation in which you are in. But if we are honest, not every temptation is quite that easy to escape. The temptations of things that occur physically might be easy for us to get up and walk away or to leave. But perhaps there are some temptations and things that grab a hold of us that are much more difficult for us to wrestle with. After all, it's very difficult to, to get up and leave from our worry and depression and anxiety. Those are things that are much more difficult for us to separate ourselves from. So perhaps there are other ways of escape with our temptation. And I was thinking, what better place to look than to Jesus Christ himself? How did Jesus handle temptation? Well, if you go and read Matthew chapter 4, that might be good homework for you this week, you will see that the devil tempts Jesus. Here is Jesus about to begin his earthly ministry, and the devil is trying to tempt Jesus to give in. And, and, and he tries to offer him the world and all these things. And every time that Satan tries to tempt Jesus, Satan is a master of trying to twist God's word. And that's exactly what he tried to do with Jesus. But how did Jesus respond to the temptation? Jesus was able to fight back and overcome the temptation by the word of God. 
Perhaps that is our way of escape. Perhaps those things that maybe you can't get up and walk away from, perhaps in those times when there's something going on in your mind, whatever it may be, whatever the temptation is, maybe the first thing we need to do as soon as that temptation hits is seek the Word of God. And you find you some scriptures that talk about what your temptation is. Look them up. Do a search on the internet. You'll find plenty of scriptures. Whatever your temptation is, find a scripture that talks about what you're going through, that you can read, that you can gain the power of God from, and you save that in your phone, you put it on a piece of paper in your wallet, you put it in your mind, you memorize it, and when the temptation comes, there is no better way of escape than by the Word of God. Jesus often used the Word of God. We looked at a good example of that Wednesday night. In uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 34, there was a crowd that was getting ready to stone Jesus. And how did he escape the stoning that was about to take place? He escaped by quoting the Word of God. So perhaps God has already offered you a way of escape and you simply haven't noticed it. When you feel the temptation of come then that's a good indication that you probably need to start doing something right at that moment. Because the temptation is always to do something bad. That is, of course, the definition of the temptation. To do something that you know is wrong. That's what a temptation is. So perhaps when you begin to feel those temptations, if you can leave, leave. If you feel like you want to punch somebody in the nose and you got a history of punching people in the nose, when you get that feeling, back up from the nose of the person you're angry at. And that might be enough to escape that temptation. Maybe if that's not enough, you say, okay, God, this fist is coming back. You better, you better let me remember some word, whatever it may be. You quote John 3, 6, whatever scripture you know, the word of God is good. And anytime we seek the Word of God, it can help us to overcome what we are tempted by. And so God gives us a way of escape in the midst of our temptation. But the question begs to be asked, why does God even allow us to be tempted? Well, I believe God allows us to be tempted because perhaps we must be tempted. Perhaps there is no way to come to faith in God apart from temptation. Now, you may say to yourself, well, that seems absurd. But how can you choose God if you have no other choice? How can you choose God if you are not tempted not to choose God? So perhaps that's why God allows some, such temptation to occur in the first place. After all, we such, saw such temptation take place in the Garden of Eden when Satan tempted Eve and Eve ate of the fruit and Adam followed in eating of the fruit. And that was their choice. That was their choice. Here is God. Here is what is good. Here is what is right. Here is joy. Here is deliverance. Here is life. But then the temptation is, but what if there's something more than what God has already told me? And that's the temptation. It's that temptation that causes each and every one of us to make a choice. And that is where faith is born. When we are tempted to choose God or to reject God and we choose God, that is faith. And I don't think that that type of faith can come 
apart from temptation. So perhaps that is why God allows the tempter, the one we call Satan and the devil. Because without the temptation, how could we choose God? And so perhaps that's why God allows temptations to continue in our life. No, it's not the ideal situation. It's not even what God desired from the get-go. But sometimes we choose things that aren't God. We choose things of the world. We choose our temptations. But God says, I will give you a way of escape. Perhaps it's simply leaving. Perhaps it's the word of God. But perhaps even today, God has allowed you to be tempted with whatever you are tempted with, so you will rely on God all the more. The fact of the matter is, when life is good, we don't typically rely on God. We have a tendency that as life goes well, that we forget about God. But God realizes and he knows full well that we must have him in our life to be able to be sustained, to be able to have life, to be able to have joy. And so perhaps God allows our temptations to linger on in our life so that time and time again we will continue to come to him. God, I am tempted to do this thing yet again. Please help me. God, I am tempted by this. Please show me the way of escape. God, I am tempted by this. Let me seek your word. And what a beautiful thing in our life it is when we seek God, when we flee from sin, and when we find God's word. And that is often the case when we find ourselves in the midst of sin and temptation. So maybe God allows us to be tempted today so that we would put our faith in him and that we would trust him all the more. I don't know what your temptation is today and I don't need to know what your temptation is today because I know full well that your temptation is hard. And my temptation is hard and it does not matter what they are. But let us remember that. Let us remember that when it's easy for us to overcome something we aren't tempted by, let us remember that somebody else is tempted by that. And at the same time, the thing we struggle with, they do not. And so how can we best overcome our temptation? Or how can we best help others to overcome their temptation? Well, perhaps when we see people who are doing sinful things, we could just go up to them and say, I don't know why you keep doing that sinful thing. I don't know why you don't change. And perhaps if we are tempted to do so, perhaps that's a good opportunity for us to reflect on our own life and say, okay, instead of trying to change their sin and fault, perhaps I need to work on my own. Perhaps if we all did that every time we wanted to call somebody out for their sins, maybe that would have a bigger change in the world than if we called them out. What if what you saw somebody else doing and you said, okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way. And so therefore, I'm going to work on that in my life. What if we all did that? Pretty soon you would see the, the sin of somebody else and you would clean that up in your life and hopefully you're on along the process and they would see yours and they wouldn't act like you and you wouldn't act like them. And pretty soon we're all living a good example of here is how to live. Follow my example. So maybe that's a good challenge for us this week. After all, I didn't come up with that myself. Jesus has given us such an example to live by. 
Perhaps that's how we can help each other battle our temptations is to reflect on our own life and our own sin and realize my temptation is hard and so is somebody else's. Maybe there are things in your life today that you have been avoiding and you think, I've done really good because I've never given in to that. Maybe you've never been attacked by a shark because you've been out of the ocean. But that doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of cows in the pasture. So beware today of the cows. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. God, temptation is so hard, God. I don't know where everybody is today. I don't know what their temptation or their struggle is. You do. And God, chances are they probably are so tired of it, dear Lord. They're tired of fighting it day after day. And dear Lord, while it would be wonderful if our temptations would simply disappear and vanish, maybe you allow them to linger on, dear Lord, because... They help us to continue to seek you through them. We have to continue to seek you and continue to call out to you and continue to trust you, dear Lord. So God, whatever the struggle and the temptation is today for those in this room, God, I pray that you would help them to overcome it, that you would give them a way of escape, and it may be something as simple as just, just walking away. God, should the escape be so simple, let us do it. God, when we are tempted with other things that perhaps aren't as easy for us to escape, our anger, our, our pride, our, our worry and anxiety, dear Lord, let us not allow those things to overtake our mind, God, to get the better of us. But God, allow us to seek you all the more. Let us seek your word. God, if your son Jesus used your word to fight off the temptation of the devil, then, God, I don't see anything better that we could use. So, God, let us be in your word. Let us think about your word. Let us remember your word. Let us not be so quick, dear Lord, to judge others because they struggle in their temptation, but remind us of our very own, dear Lord. God, help us with our temptation, perhaps so we can help others in theirs. God, perhaps there are things in our life that, really aren't temptations to us that are easy for us to overcome. But God, just because we are able to easily overcome something that may be sinful doesn't mean that others are as easy to overcome it. So God, maybe there are big things in our life that we have considered to be the most dangerous, and they may very well be dangerous, dear Lord, but maybe it's the little sins. Maybe it's the little things that are around us all the time that are more dangerous to us. So let us see the little things in our life, the things that are most likely to trip us up, the temptations in which we are most likely to fall. And God, let us never be so proud as to think we are standing firm and above falling. Let us be on guard, dear Lord, that we are always watching so that we do not fall into whatever sin may come into our life, no matter how big or small it may be. Let us seek you and trust you to overcome whatever those temptations are. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.